It's the Locked On Canes podcast, where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I am one of your hosts. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Cam Underwood. What's going on, Cam? Yo, chilling, just uh, enjoying a lovely day off from the new secret day job. So that has been lovely. Got to hang out with my auntie. Her and my mom are coming in town for a little thing. Uh, mom's flight doesn't get until later, so I'm not going to see her uh, till the end of their little uh, conference that they're going to. But I'm having a great day, man. How about you? It's a, it's a good day. I'm off of work, but I'm here. I won't call this work. This is enjoyment. This is whenever I get to talk canes, you know. You know, the, I don't have a super, super secret day job, man. I, I'm envious of you. At some point, even I want to know what this super secret day job is. I want to know like the fans do. Maybe we might have a reveal or something, maybe. Absolutely not. <laughs> you got me. You almost got me there. Nah, um, nah, nah. See, because I, yeah, I, I, everybody knew the old day job was no secret when I used to teach, but the I, I left that in the rearview mirror. Uh, that which I had done for almost twenty years. I grew up my whole life wanted to be a teacher, so I was proud to do that. Uh, I'm proud to do the new secret day job, but uh, we're not going to talk about that. So uh, I'm going to be a GM moving silence like lasagna. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I like it. So there, today is a recruiting Thursday. We're coming down the stretch. Early signing period is vastly approaching. So we have some players that are some recruits that are actually going to be in some uh, state championship games. We have some uh, some other recruiting news that we're going to be talking about as far as recruit as far as the um, recruiting schedule and we may have some other things that we can I don't want to give it all away right don't want to give it all away right so um, before we get into things right we got to do the formalities the house cleaning make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB P-E-R-D-U-E not the school and go follow Cam Underwood Sports. And while you're at it, be sure that you like, follow, and subscribe on all of your or your favorite individual uh, podcast app, or go do it on all of them. That's fine too. So whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, any of those, like and subscribe. Give us five stars because we give you five star content, and you know it would be nice. So please and thank you. So uh, we have a little bit of recruiting to talk about. It's a. It's one of those things where the season's over and we're just kind of, we want to look forward to the future. So, Cam, you are our recruiting expert here. I'll let you play Batman yet again. Because uh, I am Batman. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be Robin. I'll be Robin. I, I like Superman. I'm a Superman kind of guy. But uh, I'll, I'll let you, I'll play Robin today. And I'll let you kind of guide us through this whole recruiting thing. All right, so the first thing that we're going to talk about today on our Recruiting Thursday are how the guys that we're recruiting are doing on the field. And not individually, because we'll talk about that a little bit more, and I have to really get started on these recruiting profiles for the early signing period, because I am behind, but whatever. But that notwithstanding, there are still some recruits who are playing in their seasons. So they're competing for or contending for state championships. So let's start at the top. Tyler Van Dyke, Suffield Academy in Suffield, Connecticut, led his team at 9-0 to a New England prep school championship this season. Uh, had a wonderful statistical season individually uh, in leading his team to an undefeated championship season. Excuse me, Tyler Van Dyke had uh, almost 2,300 yards with on 20, oh, sorry, 2,300 yards, 61.5% completions, 21 touchdowns, five interceptions, 139 rush yards, and four touchdowns. Um, yeah, so an undefeated season 
with the championship from your quarterback, that's good for me. How about you, Fred? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, the one thing I wanted, and, and being you being the recruiting expert here, we've had two quarterbacks that we've recruited. I wasn't a big fan of Mintaka, so we'll throw him out of here. But two quarterbacks that have been recruited over the last four or five years, uh, per se, Jack Allison, uh, okay, he's he's gone. But also Arthur Sitowski, who's also yes. he was a he ended up at Rutgers, and he's all he entered the transfer portal again. So what's different about Tyler Van Dyke, and what should get me excited about him? You know, I've seen his film. It's good film. It's not like he's some bum out here. He's one of the better quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the country. But what mm-hmm. separates him and my thought process about him versus the two guys that I previously named? Well, Tyler Van Dyke, simply put, is better than Peyton Matoka, Arthur Sikowski, and uh, Jack Allison. Jack Allison and, Art- and, uh, and Van Dyke have similar arm strength. Because uh, Jack Allison, that was his claim to fame. He was tall and thin, but he had this cannon for an arm. Um, Van Dyke has a cannon as well. And he has married the seven-on-seven camp performance with performance on the field. So it's not just that. I mean, he was an Elite 11 quarterback this year, going to Nike's opening, playing in the Elite 11, things like that. But it was not just on the seven-on-seven circuit. It just was not in the spring. You know, games happened. And he continued the ascension of his skill set. So I think that's why he's a big physical kid, 6'4", 215, cannon for an arm. He's worked under center, so his footwork is a little bit more developed than most guys coming out of high school who only work in shotgun. But he's also run shotgun uh, sets as well. And he plays in a, you know, up in the Northeast. It's not necessarily the best competition. That was going to be my next question. Right. It's, it's not the best competition, but he still did very well. And you're still running out of uh, under center offense. So you're still running a pro style route tree or at least, you know, the parts of it that they're able to run. So that should be an easy fit for what Dan Enos wants to do on offense, not withstanding or thinking that, you know, maybe that should change. But we had that discussion the other day. So, you know, my feelings on that. Mm-hmm. But for what we do, he fits it very well. He's a big physical kid. He can move better than you think for being, you know, as big as he is. Um, and again, he's a proven winner. So I think that all of that should fit. When I look, I'm actually, as you talk about these recruits, I always, the one thing I always do, I always make sure I'm watching the film and you're the backdrop to this film. It's like a very, it's like a very good marriage of things. Um, And I'm just, the one thing I notice he's, he's, he's a very, for a big kid, he's got some athleticism to him and Mm -hmm. he can, he can, I won't call him a a sunshine scooter or nothing like that. uh, Using my, my guy Lee Corso's favorite phrase, but I like him on the perimeter enough if you he had to pull it on a read option every now and then, I think he could go get you four or five yards. Nothing. He's not going to scamper off and go break off like a forty yard run or anything. But he's just enough athletic where you could be. He could really make a team worry every now and then. Yeah, I mean, you play. Uh, was it you know man free coverage? Everybody's running, turning their back to him on mm-hmm. a third and eight. Mm-hmm. He can get you nine or ten. You know, depending on, you know, when the defense actually realizes he's running. But, I mean, you see a lot of quarterbacks with that kind of skill, of, of ability to run. Not necessarily going to get you 70 like, I'm, you know, like he's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he can get you seven on third and six kind of a thing. So, yeah. 
So let's talk about Jalen Harrell, big safety. Love him, love his game. He's actually yep. going to be he's going to be playing a, a team that's a little closer to home for me in Lakeland Victory Christian. And for I've seen enough of Lakeland Victory Christian where I think he's going to have he's going to have his hands full a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. They they run a very a run heavy style of spread offense, very similar to what you would probably you may want to see from the run game from Miami. Uh, the passing game is a little, has a lot to be desired, but uh, they're a big physical team, and I think they might give them some problems. Yeah, uh, Jalen Harrell and new offeree linebacker Jesus Machado uh, and Champagnat Catholic from Hialeah will be playing Lakeland Victory Christian in the 2A state championship game today on Thursday as you're listening to this episode. Um, but, yeah, you know, that defense is led by those guys. There's a couple other guys uh, eventually who will probably be FBS or FCS recruits on Champagnat because they have developed a lot of guys. Your ACC rookie, defensive rookie of the year, Gregory Russo, played at Champagnat, uh, just graduated a couple years ago. So if you're wondering, well, okay, who have they put, you know, into the world of college football? Gregory Russo, boom, done. Uh, yeah, Harold and Machado, they're going to have their hands full. And I think that, you know, they have the ability to uh, – to be impactful players. Jalen Harrell, 6'2", 180, but uh, he's he's rocked up and very muscular, very physically developed, so he could be that big, strong safety, maybe a striker at the Miami level uh, when he comes to college, so he's going to have to be all over the place playing that defense or that offense that Fred was talking about. And then Jesus Machado, when he... He uh, played at Champagnat his freshman, sophomore years of high school, transferred to Miami Central last year. Uh, he played linebacker at Champagnat. When he went to Central, they were like, um, you got good size and quick twitch, hand in the dirt, defensive end, go. Um, but that's not necessarily where he's going to go moving forward or he's going to play moving forward. So he went back to Champagnat and back to linebacker. So you have those two, one in front of the other, in the center of Champagnat's defense, and they're going to be key to – to the Crusaders, I believe this is their, their mascot, uh, winning another state championship. And Jesus Machado was a guy who just recently got a Miami offer and openly has said he wanted to be a Miami Hurricane pretty much since forever. So maybe that's a move that he will make and we will, you know, obviously give him a committable offer and say, okay, after you visit, we can take your commitment. But both of those guys, led by Harold, who's a commit already, and Machado, who just earned his much-wanted Miami offer, they're going to be key to uh, Champagnat competing and and potentially repeating as state championships in the two-way game. Now, flipping over to the defensive side, Corey Flagg, linebacker out of Houston, Texas, North Shore, uh, what does he bring to the table? Uh, we can kind of talk about his game as well. Uh, what does he bring to the table for the Hurricanes, and how is he doing? He's doing very well. He's a very productive player. He had like 150 tackles as a junior. Missed some time with a shoulder injury this year, so his raw numbers are not as eye-popping as they were, obviously, when he played every game last year, but he's still very good. Uh, him and He and North Shore, excuse me, they're playing humble Atasosita, Thank you. Got that right in the state quarterfinals for Texas 6A uh, this weekend, and he's uh, just your a little undersized but instinctual and physical middle linebacker. Um, so, you know, 20 pounds lighter and two inches shorter than probably a uh, Shaq Quarterman. You know, so he's in that five ten and a half, five eleven maybe on a good day, standing on your tiptoes with your cleats uh, kind of thing. Um, 
But no, I mean he's just, he's you just called him. I don't mean to cut you off. You just called him really, really. You called him a midget on the low. Okay, he's not. I, I okay. That was. For, <laughs> uh, I embellished for comedic effect. You know, sorry. Um, but no, I mean he's he's five ten, five eleven. Uh, you know, not necessarily five eight or anything, but a little undersized in terms of height. But he's he's thickly built. Um, you know, powerfully built through, you know, his, his lower half and everything. So he's probably like two, 230 pounds. Uh, but just, yeah, very instinctual, uh, a really solid player in the run game. Run, uh, yeah, run defense, run support. Uh, those things are where he shines more than in pass coverage. So, excuse me, if, uh, if you're going to rely on Corey Flagg to be um, on the field in pass coverage, that might leave a little bit to be desired for your defense. But yeah, you know, when you talk about uh, form tackling, you talk about uh, great instincts and run support and run fits and run tackling, uh, there are very few linebackers in America who are as uh, demonstrated with their excellence as is Corey Flagg. Last but not least, and it's the biggest, it's the biggest uh, hole in this team. It's not offense, it's not defense. But it is the special teams, and, you know, special teams has been the Achilles heel. Uh, even though Camden Price kind of – he's okay. Okay. I, he's I won't – he's been, he's, been, he's been solid. He's been good. He's been, he's been solid. Been solid. He's, been a, he's been solid. But Andres Borregales, uh out of Hollywood, Shamadot, Madonna, I know we're not talking tw- – he's not instantly going to be on the roster next year. He's a 2021 kid, but we have to address the kicker situation at some point. And if I remember correctly, you said he was the number one kicker in the country? Can confirm big facts, yes. What should we expect from him going into his uh, into his title game? Um, just more long field goals if it comes to that. Chaminade has leaned on him. Uh, if the offense pretty much gets across the 50, they're in field goal range. Uh, and this is a kid who's on film, and you can look it up on Twitter, as having hit 55 and 60-yard field goals this year as a high school junior with regularity and room to go. Like, I saw one he hit from 60 that was good from 65 or 70. Like, it was still a foot or two above the crossbar when it went through from 60. That's crazy. Um, and I expected that to continue because he's really good. Also in that game for Chaminade is 2021 running back commit Thad Franklin, um, who's big and strong. And, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's six feet tall, 230 pounds as a running back, which is crazy size, uh, especially since he just turned 17, I want to say, um, like this season or 16. One of the two. He's young for his, his grade, which, whichever way it is. Um, and that's going to be the key of your run game for Chaminade, obviously giving the ball to Thad Franklin. So he's in there as well. Willie Moise is the 2020 commit from Chaminade as a defensive tackle slash offensive lineman because Chaminade's a small school, so usually those big boys play both ways. Unfortunately, Willie Moise had a shoulder injury with surgery earlier this year, so he's been out of the season after only two or three games of his senior year, and he should be fully recovered for next season, and he's coming to the, uh, to the University of Miami. That's already pretty much set. So, uh, yeah, you know, you have Franklin and Borregales as 2021s for Chaminade, looking to make some names for themselves or continue to grow their, their recruiting profiles with a state championship game against Florida High from Tallahassee this weekend. Now, we wish those, all of those guys the best. Oh, of- wait. Uh-oh. Sorry. I, no, no. I just want to touch on three other ones really quickly because they're on my list and we didn't do. Number one, uh, Elijah Roberts, defensive end from Christopher Columbus in Miami. They play the 8A state championship game next weekend on December 13th. Uh, Romello Height, the edge rusher from Dublin, Georgia. They're in the state semis against Thomasville in Georgia this weekend. And Tyreek Austin Cave, from the linebacker commit from Camden, New Jersey, has a state championship game this Saturday against Cedar Creek up in New Jersey. 
Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, so now we we teased a little bit about we, we, had a, we were going to go a little bit deeper into recruiting. And Cam, you are Batman. You will take us... We'll let you kind of take it, take control of it, have control of the Batmobile today, or should I say the Kane's mobile? Kane's mobile, Batmobile, either way, your boy's driving. Doot, doot. So uh, we'll we'll continue our look uh, at recruiting as we come back in just one moment. All right, so we talked about those recruits that are still playing for state championships in the first part of today's show. Now we're going to move forward into the like the nuts and bolts of recruiting. And the contact period has opened up for the coaches to like do in-home visits and things like that. And there's only two weekends between now and early signing period. So this weekend and next weekend are huge, huge, massive, enormous official visit weekends because this is one of the last two times that you can have a kid on your campus before they sign. So upcoming this weekend, Miami has several, um, excuse me, official visits coming to Coral Gables. And we're going to talk about some of these guys. Because a couple of them, well, you know, I would take all of them, I think. But a couple of them you're going to hear about, and then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely want this guy on my team. Excuse me. So we're going to start from the bottom and go up. Starting with Danico Slaughter. He's a three-star safety. And he is currently committed to Arizona State. He's from Roswell, Georgia. He's 5'11", 170 pounds. He's rated as about the 1,000th best player in this recruiting class, 65 at uh, safety. He's a kid who camped at Miami in the summer, I want to say, with maybe his 7-on-7 team or something like that, or maybe it was one of the team camps. I forget which. Um, But he's a kid who really just kind of popped back up on the radar. I think the report came out just uh, today or yesterday. And then, you know, I'm looking on a public list that I see on 247 Sports. I'm not going behind the, the paywall or anything. But he's coming in or scheduled to come in for an official visit. And it's interesting to see because Miami already has three safeties committed in this class. In Keyshawn Washington, Brian Balaam, and your third one is Jalen Harrell, who I spoke of in the first segment. So... I don't know if Miami is going to like push for a commitment from Danico Slaughter to make it four safeties in this class, potentially with Jaden Francois considering coming back to this class for a third time uh, to play safety. So that would be five safeties out of a possible 25 initial counters in this class, which is crazy numbers, especially with the guys that are returning on the roster. But he's a guy um, who's coming in. Now, Tell me, uh, as far as the offensive side of the ball, where should we what what players should we be excited for as far as a um, a game breaker? Somebody that's a game can be a game breaker. Maybe not maybe not immediately, but in the okay. near future. Well, there are some there are several guys who are in this recruiting class who could fit that profile. None of them are taking visits this weekend because Next weekend, December 13th, that's when pretty much everybody who's recruited or committed to Miami and signing early, all those guys are coming to campus next weekend for their visits. 
on December the 13th weekend. So I don't necessarily think that there's any of those guys right now. If you're looking for a game breaker um, out of the entire recruiting class on offense, then I would say one of the running backs, whether it's Donald Chaney Jr. or uh, Jalen Rooster Knighton, and I mean, somebody fast. So maybe it's a Xavier Restrepo, maybe it's a Daz Worsham, maybe it's a Michael Redding. You know, one of the skill guys could be a guy who is a game breaker. But speaking of other game breakers, actually, no, because we're still going from the bottom up because we're going to save the big fish for last. Uh-oh. Devontae Brown. Going with. <laughs> yeah, Devontae Brown, American Heritage, cornerback, 6'2", 160. So, yeah, he's a little, you know, light in his muscles right now, but you can, you can grow muscles uh, for a guy. But he has good height, good size, uh, decent speed. He's the son of former... A Miami Hurricane safety, Selwyn Brown, who I worked with for many years, great guy, good family. I remember watching Devonte um, when they, because Selwyn, my former coworker and former Hurricane, he used to coach their uh, Optimist level team and everything, and they won like the eight U, nine U, eleven U national championships like year after year. So he would come into work and be like, "Yo, how did the thing go?" He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, we won by such and such." He would show me the video. So I've known of Devontae Brown for a good long time in his life, uh, but now he's a high school senior, which is crazy to me because I remember when he was five years old. Anyways, he is coming in for an official visit this weekend, um, and you know, he's a guy who could be a fit for Miami at corner now. We know that Miami has struggled to recruit pure cornerbacks pretty much at all ever, uh, recently at least. And this would be a move to try to fix that error or that that, um, missing component of proper roster construction. He's probably a two-year, three-year developmental guy, Devontae Brown is. So he won't come in and be your number one corner as a freshman. He's not Derek Stingley from LSU. He's not, you know, Pat Sertan II. He's not that caliber of player. But he has good size. He has a good skill set. He has a great intellect for the game because his dad played the game, was a two-time national champion, has been coaching him his entire life. So when he gets a little bit more physically developed, I think, you know, as a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore, and then past that, that's really when you might see a Devontae Brown being a, a top rotation impact guy for the Miami Hurricanes. But he's coming in as well. Also, Kobe Baines, he's committed to Louisville. He's 6'4", 308. He's an offensive lineman from Jacksonville Sandalwood. That's where Jordan Miller transferred to before he uh, committed to Miami uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, Miami's looking to bring in because it's been reported multiple times that they're probably not going to sign Antonio Smith from Ocala Vanguard High School at offensive guard uh, or center, uh, that Miami, you know, is looking to go in a different direction. And maybe that direction is Kobe Baines. So we could see now here are guys that and i want you to look up this film while i'm talking because obviously sticking on defense four-star linebacker Keyshawn green green with an e on the end from uh, crawfordville wakulla high school 63195 uh Top 100 or 150 player in this class, 154 currently, 11th linebacker nationally, number 24 in the state of Florida, is committed to Florida State. This is a kid who can fly at 6'3", basically 200 pounds outside backer. Thing has been timed as like 4'4", 5 in the, in the 40. And I mean, and he plays like it. Sideline to sideline, he can blitz, he can cover. Uh, you know, he's uh, basically, you know, he's a greyhound on the, on the field right now. 
see ball, get ball, run to it. And there's really no one that can outrun him. Like, he will just go run you down. Um, Florida State still does not have a head coach. And I think that Miami's really going to try to press the advantage there and make a move this weekend with Keyshawn Green. Now, I know, like you know, that Miami lost to FIU and then to Duke. But it would stand to reason that a team with a settled staff, especially on defense, because all of the numbers, whether they're traditional or advanced metrics, were really good, not great, but good for Miami's defense. But then you can add a guy like a Keyshawn Green, that would be a win. And it'd be a double win if you were able to flip him and take him away from Florida State. So you're adding to your roster and subtracting from your rival's roster. That would be great. Now, as I was talking, I know you were watching. Oh, I'm watching. What's it? Oh, I'm watching. And I love the film. Uh, he's one of those guys. He's the first one to the football. That's as, as I'm taking my mental scouting notes, as I always do. Uh, he, he's first one to the football at all times. He can run sideline to sideline. He adds that extra. The one thing I said, I always said about these linebackers, these, these great senior linebackers um, that Miami has had over the years, uh, over the last couple of years. The one thing I've noticed is that they're not, they're not fast. They're not overly fast. They're very good tacklers, but this kid can play in space. And I think that's the one thing I really enjoy about his game. And I get that's like his best asset is his just like overt athleticism. It's not, it's not sneaky. You know what I mean? You hear something. Oh, it's very, it's very, very evident. He's the fastest guy on your defense in the front seven. Right, exactly. So it's not like, oh, you know, this guy's sneaky athletic or, oh, wow, he, I didn't think he was that fast and he was by me. No, 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 no. He's the one where you're watching film, Keyshawn Green, that is, in case you forgot, where you see a blur go across the screen. You're like, wait, hold on, rewind that. Where did he come from? Because it seems like that. So, yeah, he plays the game in fast forward, which is a great skill to have. So, yeah, he's, he's the, coming in. He's yeah. the guy. I don't mean to cut you off, but he's the, no, guy, he's the guy in college football that every coach is like, I need him. He's not big, but because he he's that guy that covers that that running back that is a Duke Johnson type running back. Just to kind of give you, kind of give a visual of a running back that can do a little bit of everything. He's the running back that can come out of the backfield, and he's more of a, a slash kind of guy. He can catch it, he can run it. He's a bit of everything, but he's not all that big, and he does he doesn't do anything really special. But he's a jack of all trades, and maybe he can get to that corner and turn it. Keyshawn Green doesn't let that guy turn that corner. Exactly, he cuts that corner before the speed mm-hmm. turns mm-hmm. it. And like you know how we're talking about when we talk about the best tight end in America, Brevin Jordan, how there's nobody who can cover him. If you add 20 pounds to Keyshawn Green, that's the guy who can cover him. Because he'll he'll have enough bulk. He'll probably have the speed. He has the the short area quickness, the change of direction, the straight area. You know, if you want to go up the seam, Mm -hmm. cool, step by step. If you want to break that off on an option route, cool, I have the quickness. I can flip my hips and I can do those things. That's the kind of player that he could be at outside linebacker. So, when you say, yeah. and I and I don't like comparing any Miami guy to anybody from a some from that team up north, but so don't do it. Uh, but he's a great, he's an all time great, like regardless of level. Yeah. Derek Brooks, think Derek that. Brooks. That's the type of player that, and I'm not saying he's Derek Brooks at all, but just 
player play player comparison style. That's what you're getting from Keish. He's really at, in, at the high school level. He could probably play safety, but yeah. he but you want him in the front seven, just destroying the run. The outside he's he can also as I'm watching he can also kind of be that extra that overhang linebacker that can mm-hmm. be a bit of a blitzer. He can be that, oh, yeah. and he can take care of that dual threat quarterback because. The one thing that is the it's the hardest thing in the world for any defensive coach. Defensive coaches stay up at night trying to stop guys like Justin Fields, Herndon Hooker, um, even a, a um, Perkins at Bryce Perkins at Virginia because they can even if they're not constantly taking off, they're constantly extending plays, moving left to right, keeping their eyes upfield. Well. He's that spy that takes he's – he's got a beeline to that quarterback the second he steps out of that tackle box. Yep. So, yeah, he, he – I mean, he can be – he can play every bit of a – he can be every bit of that that will that you really want that's very hard to find. I agree completely. And to sum that up, Keyshawn Green is the fourth of five official visitors coming to Coral Gables this weekend. The fifth of five, and I left him for five – because he's a five-star, he is the prototype. He is, he could show up on whenever he wants to sign, whenever he wants to come to school at pretty much any school. Well, I don't know his academic standing, but any school with pretty much a football program, he would show up and say, I want to play here. And they will find this man a scholarship. And I'm talking about six foot eight, 265 pound tight end from Las Vegas, Desert Pines, Darnell Washington. He is the number one player at tight end in the country. He is the number one player in the state of Nevada, excuse me. And he's the number 10 overall player in this recruiting class, regardless of position. He is as elite as elite gets. I cannot speak highly enough about Darnell Washington. He came down to Paradise Camp in Coral Gables for uh, this past summer. And from everybody who was there that I spoke to, it was literally laughable how much better he was than everybody pretty much on the field and bigger because he's just he's massive he's he's freakish big and he's freakish strong and surprisingly quick for a guy that size to quick uh, to quote game of thrones when they were speaking about the mountain i mean just like dude it yeah i mean i know that we have a good tight end already in this class and dominic mamarelli but i mean darnell washington he's like he's literally the prototype. He is a creative player from Madden at that size and weight and speed and skill too. So he's not just big for nothing. He's, as we're as you're talking, as we're as you as we always do, as you you give the backdrop for this. I'm watch. I feel like I'm watching. Dare I say LeBron James when as a football player? My, I mean, it's it's close because it's close. Of it's close, and, but I mean, LeBron played wide receiver, right? But, then, but know, he was a little a, bit. But he's a glorified tight end. He's not blocking. But no, but no, LeBron played receiver, receiver. Like he was outside. This is this is LeBron in high school, his freshman sophomore year, mm-hmm. when he was only two ten, two twenty. Add six. Add. I mean, this is current size LeBron. And at I, six eight two six. And I'm seeing and see. I see the mismatch problems because. They're lining him up outside, and it's like yeah. when it's not it's not just throw it up and go go get it. No, you're throwing we're throwing smoke routes here and saying, oh, go take off. 
Go, go mm-hmm. shake a guy and take off. He can control the middle of the field like no other. And, yeah. I mean, who? what high school kid wants to tackle this guy? I mean, he's, he's, he's literally a creative player. I mean, as you said, yeah. he is a creative player. And it's very scary because if he's doing this now, and granted it is high school, I have to – I always like to say it is high school. But his route tree looks okay. He, he can – his footwork will get better. It will yeah. get better. He's just out athleting kids at this point. But even as an inline blocker, I'm seeing, and that's the one thing I look at as a tight end. He's pushing guys out of the picture. So he's so he's so much bigger than everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like he's physically developed, so like muscular. But I mean, he's that guy whose head stands. I mean, he's a head taller than everybody on his football team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I I have a good friend of mine, Zach, who's six eight. And yeah, I mean, it's just like it. You see him coming from a mile away, and you can see him running down the middle of the field. So you see the top of this dude's helmet before he's even open. He's already open because he's, you know, six inches taller than any safety pretty much. You know, like he's bigger than most of the linebackers you're going to see at 6'8", 260, unless you're going to put your middle backer on him. But then again, if your middle backer is like a Corey Flag, not to denigrate the guy or anything, but he's giving up nine inches of height, you know, and this is a guy who's good. It's not just chuck it up there, dog. And we'll figure it out. Like, he does have movement skills. He does have football skills of actually being able to run the routes and hit his actual depths. Sure, his skills are going to get refined at the next level and everything. But you have such a, he's just a big wad of Play-Doh, of football Play-Doh, where you can make it work. And think, he's already starting his development and focused on football at this age. Think about what Jimmy Graham could have done. Exactly. That was what I was If he would have focused on it. Exactly. And I see him and see what I look at when I'm watching the film is he's I've seen not I've seen him be an inline blocker. Yep. I don't want him to be an inline blocker. He can do it. Every most guys can do it. But do I want him there? No, I want him to be a mismatch. But then I see him on special teams and a guy that's willing. He does, He's the best player you have in, on a high school team. He's willing to be a gunner downfield. No one wants – no one who's going to block him, no one. So a willingness to be that team player says a lot to me as well about the character mm-hmm. of the guy because he could say, no, coach, I don't want to play special teams because I don't want to get hurt. It's my senior year. I don't want to get hurt. Nah, I want to play special teams. I want to hit somebody. I just saw him jump over someone as we are speaking. He He literally just caught a ball over someone and – well, I'm sorry. He got that kid. Got whoever that kid is. You you just got made famous. I mean, I'm just saying. If you watch the highlights, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's scary. He, it's scary. He's like that. And this is not somebody who only you know just did it against the bad teams. Like they get out of the way, pop up. Um, Desert Pines was number one in. Nevada in their region um, going into the playoffs, they unfortunately lost to Las Vegas Centennial in the state semifinals. But this is an 11 and 0 team, 11 and 1 ending up the year with Darnell Washington on him. So he's jumping over guys, you know, in games. He's not just putting up highlights for the sake of highlights. And I'm, I'm going to just run down these scores this year for Desert Pines. 34 to 11, 42 to nothing, 64 to nothing, 33 to 14. Ooh, that one was close. 49 to 14, 72 to 0, 21 to 14. That was a game. 42 to 21, 83 to 3. 
I mean, like they're putting up numbers and a large part of that obviously is Darnell Washington and he would be just, I mean, he, he would be transformational for any program that were to get him. He has a prior relationship with tight end coach Stephen Field from when Field was at Oregon. And, you know, Field is the West Coast guy of this staff because he'd worked out there for a couple of years. And that's a big reason why he's coming over to visit. And hopefully Miami's able to make a move. But, um, you know, you have every big team in the country, namely Georgia and Alabama, um, fighting for Darnell Washington. Even though Washington said he wants to go somewhere that uses tight ends, I don't know why you would consider Alabama or Georgia in that pursuit then when you have could come to the Miami Hurricanes. And look, tight end you, by the way. Tight end. Tight end you. Brevin Jordan's gone after next year. Will Mallory's probably going to stick around for his senior year. But your job as a coach is to recruit over mm-hmm. what you already have on the roster. And so either you develop those guys so that you know they exceed the level of these new recruits, or you recruit somebody better. Getting Darnell Washington would be somebody better. Just to put a bow on this thing, I, and I love versatility. I, it may, you'll never see him do it. But to see this kid put his hand in the dirt and just push an offensive line, two offensive linemen backwards, says all I need Look. to know about not a, the size and strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm seeing him inside. And mm-hmm. outside, and mm-hmm. it's 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 just freaky how he's just. I mean, these some of these offensive linemen aren't small people, and of yeah. course, to finish the highlight off, he catches a ball over two guys, shrugs them off, runs up the sideline, shakes three more guys off, and still, if there's a little bit more, if he had about maybe two yards to his left, he may have scored because he he's like shaking kids off like rag dolls. This is yeah. it, he's freaky, man. It's this is freaky. Go watch the huddle film. It is like you'll start laughing because you're like, this is crazy. Like, oh my, he did what? Uh, and you know, for a time, he Darnell Washington was listed as an athlete because he did play both ways. And think about him at six eight two sixty right now at defensive end. And you're talking about Greg Russo at six seven two sixty mm-hmm. at the end of his second year in college. You have a guy at that size, all you know, basically coming in now. So people were thinking, okay, maybe he plays defense, maybe he plays offense. I think that he's, he, his ceiling is just so much higher on offense. And, I mean, pretty much everybody is – right, exactly. Pretty much everybody is recruiting him to play tight end, so that's why he's being listed as that pretty much exclusively right now. Um, but, you know, if down the line he decides to change his mind and say, hey, coach, I feel like sliding over to the DN room. What's up? Come on, You going to tell him no? I'm not. Hell no. Nah. Somebody <laughs> like that. Come on now. Although I mean, you're, you're he is a little tall to be a defensive end, and Calais Campbell, Gregory this is, Russo, this what's is up? true. This is true. This is true. So I mean, like you literally got, and I was, I was a year in front of Calais Campbell. So when he got there, he was six eight, two hundred and eighteen pounds. He was a first team or second team All State basketball player from Colorado. He would want to hoop in the wellness center and everything. Everybody's like, no, we're not going to guard you because we're not going to be the ones to be underneath the basket while you land on our foot and roll your ankle. Hell no. But you got another guy who's in the NFL dominating. First, uh, He was Defensive Player of the Year, first team All-Pro multiple times at a, as a 6'8 defensive mm-hmm. lineman flexing outside and inside. If His Darnell Washington wanted really to do that, good. he could do that. His hands are really good, and I don't see that often. That's I, I look at the technical things. I know he can out-athlete everyone, but I look at the, the footwork and the hands, and I, I, ha, I don't have prospect crushes. You know I've said this before, and there are some good ones out there. Absolutely. I, but I, I don't get prospect crushes, especially offensive players, because you just there's so many things that can go wrong, scheme, 
willingness to play a position, guys that for whatever reason, oh, you're a freshman, we can't let you play. So he gets buried on the depth chart, whatever grades, but this dude's the goods. And if you, Darnell Washington, if you can hear my voice, this is God talking. No, it's not really God talking, but this is God talking. Recruit, commit to Miami. You won't regret it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that he would regret it either, but we will see. So those are the five guys who are coming in for official visits this weekend to the University of Miami. Danico Slaughter, Devontae Brown, Kobe Baines, Keyshawn Green, and the one, the only monster known as Darnell Washington. And we'll talk maybe uh, more next week about who's coming in for official visits. And that's going to be a long list. We're going to have to uh, go maybe a little bit quicker on mm-hmm. those because just because there's like literally almost 20 dudes next week who are coming in for official visits uh it's, it's kind of crazy we can definitely break that up into multiple shows multiple recruiting shows we can maybe even have a, a certain andrew ivans on the show i know you i know that's your guy and all who knows that's my guy yeah no I, ivans is cool man so yeah we could try to maybe have him in and give a, a bigger picture and i gotta remind him that he openly ignored my question when i asked him about Uh-oh. daz worship last time Uh-oh. it was on and then, and then what happens? Daz worship commits, and I'm pod like, beef, pod beef, like, shots hey, fired. Look, Uh-oh. look, because I, because I asked the question about Daz worship specifically, and I dropped the name, and then Ivans was like, huh? And I said, yeah, yeah, Daz worship. And then he said, okay. And then he went like the general offensive recruit route, bro. I see what you're doing, but that's okay. We're gonna talk about. He pulled that. a Miami. Uh, he can't up. talk about it. You know, you can't talk about right. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I you know, know, I know. I know, I hear you, so uh, that's it. I know that, that segment went a little bit long and everything, but you know, just wanted to give you guys that uh, information and whatnot, so yeah. Before we get out of here, let's put a bow on this one, and we'll be talking about a player who may have make a, a Gregory Russo type of leap going into the 2020 college football season on the other side. All right, so real quick before we kind of – Get out of here. We have a bonus segment here. We're going to be talking about what player on, that is currently on the roster that can make a, uh, a big-time leap, a Gregory Russo-type leap. Maybe he's, already, he's kind of buried on the depth chart. Maybe he's just in the doghouse. What say you, Cam? Oh, I thought you were going first. No, 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 no. You're Batman. I, I, I'm playing my Robin role today. I mean, I know, I know that I'm Batman, but I thought, you know, since this was your topic that you brought up, but that's okay. I got it. The one guy I think for both physical development and skill development who can take a massive leap, and it might not be rookie of the year in the ACC league because Gregory Russo, I mean, like, he's freakish. He's at the top 1% of improvement that we've seen. The guy that I will say and follow that up with still plays defense, I'm going to go with number nine, Avery Huff, outside linebacker. From St. Thomas Aquinas here in Fort Lauderdale, where I live, uh, not far away from there, the kid is a freak. He is incredibly athletic. He is he's tall. He's like 6'3". He has long arms. He's you know a guy who was clocked in the mid-4'4s four uh, in the 40 coming out of high school. He is... He's so good, and he has such athletic potential. Yes, he had to take an academic redshirt, he and Cameron Williams, this current uh, recruiting class. So we haven't seen Avery Huff on the field this year. Um, And there are a couple other guys that I thought about going with, but if there's one who, as a redshirt freshman, can step onto the field, maybe have that um, slowly increasing 
uh, curve, that parabola that starts off small and then it goes, uh, or the increasing, increasing parabola, I think it is, um, where his development might take a couple weeks before it starts going off, but when it goes off, it's about to go off. I'm going to say Avery Huff. For me, I'll stay in the linebacker room, but I definitely have to go. I want to go with Sam Brooks because I've nice. Sam Brooks played with his hand in the ground in high school, and he's having to learn this this outside linebacker position. He's going to more than likely if I he may slide inside. Um, yeah, he was behind Shaq Quarterman. That's why. I rem- yeah, so remember he- that's why we played on when Pinkney got hurt. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, oh, yeah, no, Sam Brooks is at Mike. He's not at Will. So, yeah. You know, I got a chance to see Sam Brooks and, um, a couple times when he was in high school. And the one thing I, I remember about him was he was just so quick twitchy. He was real freaky when it came to being a quick twitch guy. And it's, yep. we- it's weird when you see a guy with his hand in the dirt to now it's, he has he's on his feet. But these kind of guys, some guys just transition better and they actually – in high school, it's it's weird because you say, hey, this guy just has to um, – this guy, he's our best player. We have to put him here. That typically helps. And those guys, he, he can actually be versatile. That will actually help him later in the whole versatility thing. Oh, well, we need a guy that can be a blitzer. Well, you got a blitzer. If you got a guy that's on his feet and he's fast and you have multiple fast guys because that's what's that's where Miami really lacked in their front seven was just a fast, fast linebackers. These linebackers were Pinkney, no disrespect to Quarterman, Pinkney, McLeod. Those guys are they're they're more in the box, run stuffer guys, but they're definitely not you don't want those guys in coverage if you don't have to. You know, but Brooks in, in in coverage, his back pedal, pretty decent. Uh, Huff, I can't wait to see. And yeah. Keyshawn Green, I'm, I'm speaking that one into existence right now. So Keyshawn Green, when he decides to make the right decision. And Keyshawn, Justin Flo. And Justin, yeah, G, Justin Flo. Justin, <laughs> if Justin Flo's on the field, we don't need three linebackers. He's all, he's three linebackers and one guy. But that's not, <laughs> no, no disrespect, but he's three linebackers and one guy. He, he, for all of my anime people, he's the guy that can turn, he can literally just like, he can replicate himself in one person. Yeah, that's what nice. he does. He, he's really out there. He, he's different. He's, he is very, very different. But no, uh, Sam Brooks would be my guy that I think he could be, he could play all three linebacker spots. And on top of that, he can be that overhang blitzer. If somebody gets hurt, he'll fill in just right. And guess what? You have a veteran leader. That's the beauty of, of Zach McLeod redshirting. All of these, you won't be stuck with a bunch of young linebackers. You got a veteran that's going to be able to play with these guys and kind of guide them through their journey. Or should I call him? I I have a per the new nickname, right? We, okay. He's going to be the Sherpa. Okay. He's the Sherpa. Nice. He's the Sherpa. Okay. He's going to guide these young linebackers to greatness. I will take that. If just really quickly, like really, really, really quickly, mm-hmm. like just the name. If you had to pick a player, because we both picked linebackers, and yeah, whatever. Anyways. If you were to pick another player as like your your backup option for like a big leap forward, who would it be? My other guy, believe it or not, was on offense was D. Wiggins because for two games I saw somebody that could be a complete game changer because he can he's big, tall, strong, fast. 
all of things do you need to be a Miami wide receiver? He breaks the mold of being a wide receiver at Miami. He's not small and fast. Well, he's big, strong, and fast. And, well, he yes, he only has two routes in his route tree. I'm gonna, no, no disrespect. That slant route is – you got to be, you be a boss to go over the middle like that. Mm-hmm. But and he pulled up a couple times. Mm-hmm. But, nonetheless, he, he's that guy that you can't press him. You can't back off of him. So, I want to see him improve that route tree. Even if you add two routes this year – coming into 2020 and add two more routes going into your last year. Cause at that point he's a three and he's a three and out guy. I mean, just height, weight, speed. If he improves the way I want him to improve, he's three and out. It's not even a question. So I want to see D Wiggins have be that guy simply. So Jaron can have someone or uh, whoever Tyler Van Dyke or Nikosi Perry or whoever's throwing the football. I need some, a reliable set of hands. Don't drop anything. I need reliable sets of hands and a guy that can everyone's afraid of to beat you over the top. Okay. I'm with it. Mine is going to be I'm almost cheating. And, and Miami is almost cheating to even have this guy. Former number one overall recruit, Jalen Phillips. I forgot completely about him. Exactly. Exactly that. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, I mean, he didn't play most of last year or at all last year at UCLA. He transfers over. He's a music engineering major, close to my heart because I was a music education major. No. Also, he's 6'6", 245. He's adding weight. He's doing all the workouts. He's, you know, with the scout team and everything the whole entire season. But keeping a low profile, doing his work, and not saying anything, but an elite Prospect, the number one overall recruit in America in 2017 was Jalen Phillips. Now you're going to add him to the defensive end group. So you're going to add him with look. If Jonathan Garvin comes back, cancel Christmas for the other teams. You got. You could potentially, if Garvin returns, have Garvin Phillips, Russo, Jafari Harvey, and Cam Williams, and whoever you bring in in this recruiting class at the defensive end rotation group. That's going to suck for the opposition. But it's been real quiet. It's been, you know, again, Jalen's just gone about his business, done what he needed to do, and didn't say anything. But that's a guy who can reintroduce himself loudly if he comes and does what he needs to do. And it might not necessarily be, and again, I'm cheating a little bit because this is a guy who's known for his playing on the field at the high school and college level because he made plays as a freshman for UCLA. But, yeah, I have a feeling that Jalen Phillips is going to reintroduce himself to America in a big, big way next year. So that's my backup. My bet, and now you got my. You've had the wheels turning. I'll go back to the West Coast. Bubba Bolden, please no, no more celebrating. But give me all of all the smoke that you gave us, all that hope you gave us. If I just had to have somebody, just to, huh, I I was. And very I'll just impressed. say, look, I was impressed by him so much. Absolutely, very impressed. But I mean, Gervin Hall turned down the adrenaline a little bit because you know that chest shoulder bump is what made Bubba Bolden's ankle snap. You know, he got off of his axis when he landed and everything. Um, so yeah, and that's all that I have. So I think that this long marathon, not a tight thirty episode at all, mm-hmm. has finally come to a conclusion. It has. So before we get out of here, I want to. Remind oh, you, you, guys, you would like to do the honors? Okay, go ahead. 
Well, not all of them, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to put in my half. I'm going to do my part. So, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure that you like and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, Apple Music, Podomatic, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, any of those other ones. Like, subscribe, and rate us five stars because we give you five-star content five days a week. And, of course, make sure you go follow us on Twitter, Locked on Canes, Cam, Underwood Sports, myself, Fred Purdue CFB. You know where to find us. Give us all the smoke. Even I want some smoke today. I don't never want the smoke. I don't want the smoke. Sure ever. don't. I never want the smoke. So I want some smoke. Let us know what you guys think. Who are some of the players that you may uh, think is going to make a Gregory Russo type of leap? Also, who are some of the recruits you're looking forward to seeing in these state championship games? Also, uh, who are some of the recruits that you may uh, you may want to see come to the University of Miami? Who's your prospect crush? You know who mine is. But until next time, y'all. Until until next time, guys. Um, we'll be talking a little bit more of things around the country that maybe Miami should maybe take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and add it to their repertoire. But you'll find out what those things are on Friday. Until next time, go Canes.